Peter Christie joins us on this episode of Water Flying to discuss his journey as one of SPA's most active volunteers. You are listening to Water Flying, a show dedicated to all things seaplanes. Brought to you by the Seaplane Pilots Association. My name is Steve McCoy. I'm the executive director of the Seaplane Pilots Association, which is the world's largest nonprofit advocacy organization dedicated to the protection and promotion of the water flying community. Climb aboard! We're about to start today's episode. Well, today I am joined by Peter Christie, who is a passionate pilot, a volunteer, and even has joined our team as a part-time employee here at the Seaplane Pilots Association. Peter, I think it's important to give you credit where credit is due and that our members and listeners understand what an impact individuals like yourself have on this organization. You started volunteering with SPA at AirVenture back in 2012 when I was early in my term as executive director. And since then, you have voluntarily supported our mission in countless ways, not to mention the passionate work that you do at trade shows and aviation events and all the other volunteer work that you do. So thank you for all of the time and energy that you give the Seaplane Pilots Association and for being here to tell your story today. Uh, Steve, I'm delighted to be here. Thanks for having me. So Peter, what started your journey in aviation? Steve, uh, many years ago when I was uh, 11 years old, I went on a, a trip with my parents across the country, and my dad had a, a, a former uh, business partner that had a Mooney out there, it was the 180-horse power Mooney with a, with a Johnson bar, and he took us all over the Bay Area. And from that moment on, I was just absolutely hooked with, with flying. He came to New York during the World's Fair in 64, and that same Mooney, he flew me all over the New York area, and that was just another experience that put the icing on the cake. Wow, that must have been a tremendous experience, flying over the World's Fair and doing it in a Mooney. Uh, I just learned that you and I have another similar experience uh, in the fact that when I was 12 years old, Dr. Basta, Dr. James Basta, who worked with my mother, took me for one of my first general aviation flights in a Mooney 201. And uh, so uh, there you have it. So pretty interesting. You get started, you fly over the World's Fair. That's an easy way to set the hook. How did that evolve into uh, seaplanes? Well, uh, I, I had a business uh, that was located in Port Washington, New York, uh, and our office was down on the water. And for those of you who, who may not know, Port Washington was the seaplane base for the Pan American Clippers uh, that Pan Am flew before the Marine Air Terminal at LaGuardia was built. And is at the time was a, uh, an active seaplane uh, facility. So watching these seaplanes coming in and out all day, I signed up and got my seaplane rating back in the mid-'80s. What kind of aircraft did you do it in? It was a 172 on Edo's. Really? Yeah. And so you were right there at the Edo factory as well, right? Well, uh, around the water, it was not far away. Yes, we were uh, not more than, I think, five or six miles from the Edo plant. 
Wow, that's one of the few areas I have not operated in the water and uh, such a historical place to do seaplane flying and learn how to fly. So uh, when did you join the Seaplane Pilots Association? I joined uh, a year or two after that. I think in 1987 or 1988, I joined the Seaplane Pilot Association. Wow. And I understand you're a lifetime member? Yes, I am. I paid my dues every year until about three years ago and decided I, I just really have to sign on the dotted line. So I signed up, and I'm really delighted that I have because I know the money that, that uh, went into the, into the bank uh, will be around for many, many years to support all the activities that we do here at the Seaplane Pilot Association. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm proud of all of our staff and even all of our board members, and, and the majority of our field directors are lifetime members. So the more that people work with us, I think you really understand the value of the association and also programs like that program. So thank you for that. And I have to tell you, um, there's virtually no one out there that sold more lifetime memberships for the association than you have working the events. So uh, we really appreciate, uh, matter of fact, you did two over the weekend, I think, at the member meeting. Yes, I did. Which he was volunteering at, I will add. So, um, Peter, in 2012, you responded to one of our volunteer calls and you reached out to us and you said you'd like to offer a full week of your time to work with us at AirVenture, which you in fact did. Um, so what motivated you in 2012 to kind of get engaged with us? Well, can you imagine, since I still lived in Port Washington, uh, I was at what they call the town dock, which was the, sea, uh, the uh, dock where the, the Clippers took off many years ago. And I spent an afternoon there, and I watched many seaplanes coming in and out. And I said, you know, I've got to get back into seaplanes again. So I picked up the magazine, and I called the office and said, uh, I'm available. Give, give me the details. And here I am. I remember the, getting these calls, and there's this real passionate guy in New York, and he keeps calling, and he wants to join you. You need to make sure we hook up. And um, obviously, uh, we did hook up. And it must have been a good experience because you've uh, been coming back ever since. And um, unless one of our listeners has really volunteered at an event like AirVenture, and quite honestly, there is no other event as demanding as AirVenture, as AirVenture um, but our, our listeners probably can't appreciate how much work and the extreme long days that go into an event like this. Um, and quite honestly, a lot of our events like that, whether it's Sun and Fun or the Alaska Airmen Show, uh, they were, uh, require long days and a tremendous amount of work to pull off. What's it like working with the staff and the volunteers, specifically at AirVenture, because it's the Grand Poobah. It's, it's the most challenging one. It has the most moving parts, the most demand on the staff and the volunteers. What's that like? Well, uh, I think long days, there's new meaning to, the, to those two <laughs> words. Uh, Steve, as you well know, and you taught me very early in the process, uh, that planning for air venture starts like about now, October, November, the yeah, previous year. for the year before, yeah. And uh, we start uh, strategically making the plans for the show, uh, deciding how many booths we're going to have and so on and so forth. Uh, and then we start staging in the new year all the products and booth apparatus and so forth uh, so that the trailers can be loaded up, and then we drive that a week before every entry starts, uh, and then we execute the actual show itself 
which is really a, a, an involved process in that we have a, a corn roast that we have every year on top of that. And we do that with the same staff. We're doing double time. But yeah, and that takes almost so people have an idea. Um, in addition to all the other work, we have a booth at the seaplane base. We have a booth at the main show. And then we do the corn roast on a third property. So we literally have three different uh, venues where we're uh, conducting air venture. And the corn roast alone takes about 20 volunteers at minimum, not including all the catering staff and bartenders and everything else, the musicians, the professional auctioneer, everyone else that has to support the event. So it is, uh, and that's on top of working full days uh, at multiple venues, both the seaplane base and the, the main Yeah, hangar. but Steve, you got to remember, we have a lot of fun doing this. <laughs> we do. <laughs> we get up early in the morning. I know I get up at 5 in the morning, and I help make breakfast for the crew that's staying in the farmhouse that, that we rent. And for those volunteers, for those of you who someday will volunteer with us, uh, those that put in the time, uh, the big time, so to speak, You'll have a place to stay, and you and Steve is a great cook, and he cooks up <laughs> food, and and uh, you know we get ourselves prepared. We go do work the show. We come back at night. We cook a great dinner, uh, and then we collapse and go to bed, and we get up and do it all over again. We do it all over again, and there's a few other chores we have to sort of count the money and and make sure everything is straight so that all the all the paperwork that is necessary for the next day is in place. All the inventory that has to be restocked between yeah. the booths, yeah. um, the, the uh, media releases, uh, all just uh, it's an endless uh, amount of stuff. And and on top of it, we have social events slash requirements that we have to go to in the evenings as well. <laughs> so. Yeah, we go to Hartzell. I know they, they uh, throw on a great party on yeah. Monday night, yeah. uh, the hops and props. Right, and then what we have with the other oh, ones? AOPA right. generally has an event. ICON has had events uh, from time to time. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so we're doing these social events. We want to make sure our staff and crew show up at them as much as possible, but the work still needs to get done. And we literally are working on the corn roast property from the day we arrive, which is four or five days before the show starts, uh, until literally we're packing up. The, one of the last places we go before we pull out of town is to make sure everything is cleaned up and in good order on the corn roast property as well. Yeah, the, the, that corn roast is, is an amazing thing. 750 people, we sell out every year, and we, we raise money uh, with an auction and so forth. I, I, it's terrific what you've you know brought that up to. Kind of, yeah, well. live music and, again, a professional auctioneer. And uh, all having fun with 750 seaplane pilots, all getting together and sharing some some good times and lots of uh, stories fed by maybe 18 kegs of beer or something like that. That's right. <laughs> and remember, lifetime members, uh, if you attend that event, there's no beer tickets for you. You can have all the beer you want for free on us. Well, it's not free. You well, paid for it, yeah. right. but but we don't we don't hit you again for a beer. Okay. So uh, good times. Um, so, you know, let's go beyond air venture. I mean, that's really only a small part of all the volunteer time you've been extending to SPA. Again, I'm so humbled by that. And it's been such a tremendous benefit. You have, uh, traveled to Washington state with us. You've gone to Alaska with us, Maine, Minnesota, and endless events here in Florida, including, 
um, our member meeting last weekend. And and at all the events, I think it's important for people to realize you're traveling on your own time, many times on your own nickel uh, to go to these events. We try to help out wherever we can on your lodging and food and stuff like that, which we always try to do with the, the volunteers. But you're supporting us by packing up the booth and getting it on its way to all the events. So typically you're in the office working on that stuff before the event. Then you're traveling with you know our team to get to the event and setting up the booth and working the booth and the uh, supporting the safety seminars in the case of Alaska that we're doing while we're there. You're tearing down the booth, packing everything up, shipping it back. And when we get back to Florida here at the headquarters, you're in the office putting it all away and reorganizing it. So again... Uh, thank you, because um, uh, by doing this, you've really provided uh, SPA with a tremendous amount of uh, effort and value in your volunteer time. But I hope that it's also given you some unique exposure and experiences to the association and the seaplane community beyond what you had been exposed to before. So what are some of the highlights um, that you've had on some of these trips? Well, Steve, I've, I've visited parts of the country that I've never been to before, mainly Alaska. A couple of years ago uh, was my, my trip up there, and uh, just experiencing uh, Lake Hood, which is part of the uh, Ted Stevens Anchorage International Airport. Uh, we had the, the good fortune of visiting that tower, and they have several active controllers up there, one handling all the seven fours that are coming in loading up with gas and continuing their journey across the world. And then another controller on the other side of the cab is c- controlling the uh, 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 Lake, uh, Lake Hood, which has 200 planes uh, just on the shoreline. And with the strip right next to it, the gravel strip, there's over 750 seaplanes that are actively controlled by that tower. Uh, it's a ballet the way they handle all of that. And, and that was a real highlight to be there. Uh, while we were in Alaska, I made you promise me to to find me. I've never seen a moose in my life, and you were going to find me. In the wild, yeah. In the wild. <laughs> so uh, we, we were down towards the very end of the trip there, and uh, we you took me out to uh, Whittier, and that's, a, that's a, uh, a drive on a set of railroad tracks going through a mountain that is three miles long. So uh, as we went out there, we spent the day coming back on the last afternoon. You spotted a moose up in the hills on the interstate as we came out of the mountains. And I, I think you stopped the car and you made me take a picture of it. <laughs> that was so memorable, I have to tell you. Oh, and then we went to Maine and, and we stayed uh, at, uh, at Moosehead Lake at the Birches, which, by the way, I think you're, you're thinking about making a member trip there. Yeah, we've talked to uh, our good friends there uh, uh, about uh, going up there and having them host us uh, uh, at there. So that would be a spectacular trip. Yeah. So anyway, that's the, the largest seaplane event, uh, I, I believe, in the world. Yeah, at, at, at Greenville, Greenville, Maine. Maine. Yeah. Uh, so that, that, was, that was terrific. Uh, I had a wonderful time. The weather was perfect. Uh, and then we've been to Washington several times uh, and had an opportunity to uh, – to work with the Washington Seaplane Pilots Association and, and attended their Grounded Hogs Dinner at the Boeing Museum. And in addition to that, we had a VIP tour of the Boeing plant. And you should really spend a moment explaining what they <laughs> did for us. And, and then we got some flying in at, at, at Kenmore Harbor. 
But 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 tell the audience a little bit about that tour, how they set that up. I, that was amazing. Oh, again, this was during one of our annual member adventures, and uh, Kenmore Air Harbor was uh, gracious enough to host us uh, for the event, and you, again, volunteered your time to help support all the logistics that going on uh, that go into hosting uh, several dozen, uh, over three dozen of our uh, members that went on the trip, and then we cultivated, uh, cultivated the, or culminated the trip uh, with a member meeting as well. But uh, yeah, on that trip, uh, Boeing uh, provided us with a VIP tour of the factory. And um, I have to say, for people that aren't familiar with the, the tours at the Boeing factory, usually even on the VIP tours, you're on a catwalk going around, kind of walking around the edge of the factory walls, never touching the actual factory floor, getting near the airplanes because it's such an industrial environment and big heavy equipment moving and, you know, planes that weigh hundreds of thousands of pounds and hundreds of employees working on them. Each one of our members that were on that trip that got to go to the factory with us were all wearing earbuds where we all had communication and narration from, from our host that was taking us through the museum. And we actually literally were walking on the floor, going through aircraft as they sat on the, on the factory floor. And um, they had to brief us in advance that it was you know, we were going to get looked at very strangely and we may be questioned uh, why we were there or what we were doing there because it is not something that is normal for people to actually go down and walk around on the floor for one of these tours. So uh, it's always a big thrill to be able to provide unique opportunities with uh, our group for things like that. And and uh, again, for volunteers that are helping us to, to facilitate that as well. Yeah, that was an amazing uh, tour. Uh, that was very memorable. Oh, that's awesome. So, and if we were not getting enough out of you as a volunteer, you literally has come, have come on as a part-time employee as well, helping us coordinate the advertising for Waterflying Magazine, which is literally how I got my start helping out as a paid employee at the association. And so uh, on top of that, you're doing other things. You're working the calendar of events. You're working on the flight training directory and some other things. But I have to say, you know, the amount of time that you get paid for as a part-time employee and for the work that you do on the magazine, coordinating the advertising is really just a, a small part of the amount of time that you give us that really for probably every hour you get paid for, you probably provide us 10 or 15 hours as a volunteer. And I would say that's probably a pretty conservative number. So what kind of advice would you give to people that may be considering volunteering here at the Seaplane Pilots Association. Well, I think first and foremost, you need a good pair of solid shoes because <laughs> you're going to be on your feet for most of the day. But, but kidding aside, uh, the, the, the mission requires that we be flexible as we work the week. Uh, the best laid plans always become undone. So uh, you might have a schedule to work a certain booth, uh, either uh, the seaplane base or the main booth, but somebody has something's happened and you have to go to the other place and flexibility because you have to fix the problem at the cornrows as they're setting up and so forth. So flexibility is, is absolutely paramount, the good shoes, uh, and, and realize that there's a lot of unglamorous jobs that must be done and we all have to pitch in and do it together. 
And that's really, you know, for me, some of the glue that binds the team together. One of the things I enjoy and appreciate about the volunteers and the staff is that, you know, we all just come together and do whatever needs to be done. And we have to do that, you know, kind of remembering that this is all for the members and the community. We're here to offer our services and the things that we provide for the community. And so if you come to the table with that in mind as a volunteer, uh, just remember that, you know, there's times where it's a lot of work, but we try to make it fun. And we really try to come together more like a family at these events. And I have to say, I'm so impressed with the people that work Air Venture, you know, for an example, and you can kind of uh, relate to this, uh, have come year after year. I mean, we have the same faces largely as our core volunteers year after year. And if they weren't having fun and they weren't finding it a rewarding experience, they wouldn't be doing it. Well, we're looking for more full-time volunteers. So that's (laughs) one of the reasons why I'm talking to you folks. Listen, I've, I've found volunteering with the SPA to be really a lot of fun, but it's also very, very rewarding. Uh, I, I, I hope I've had a favorable impact and supported the good things that the Seaplane Pilot Association uh, has, has done for, for seaplanes and, and all the friends that I've, I've met and, and just, just everything. It's just been a great, great experience. Steve, thank you for, for, for having me today and to be able to express that. No, no. So, uh, I think, uh, uh, one of the things that's important on that is we are currently here. We are sitting here in the beginning of November. Uh, we're recruiting volunteers for Air Venture 2022, as we sit here in November 2021, right now, because we need to start that training process and that uh, process of bringing people on now so they know how to do what we expect of them and how they can be most effective and have the best time because the one of the best ways to have a good enjoyable experience as a volunteer is to be given the tools and the training necessary to do the job well and you've done a great job so um Peter, I really thank you for coming on Waterflying today. Uh, you know, it's it's wonderful. I, I, I'm endlessly in awe of the amount of time that you give volunteering for the association. We've developed a tremendous friendship along the way, which I highly value. And uh, I look forward to inviting other people to join our our group of friends and coworkers and volunteers that are all doing this passionately for our community because we love the seaplane community and we always want to up the game on how much we're providing uh, for the community. So I hope that uh, you as listeners have enjoyed having a, a couple of brief thoughts from Peter on what it's like volunteering here and some of the opportunities uh, that we give. We always try to expand and provide some fun things or some kind of adventure while we're on the road as well. If you would like to find out more about volunteering for SPA, you can always contact us at csr at seaplanes.org. That's Charlie Sierra Romeo at seaplanesplural.org. Let us know you're interested and we will bring you on and brief you and see if we can find a good fit. It is not only at trade shows. We need support here in the office. We have tons of different uh, areas where we need volunteers, everything from volunteering on technology to fundraising to all kinds of things. And we would love to uh, bring you on this part of the team and into our family. 
So hope you've enjoyed this special issue of water flying. We hope you're getting opportunities to fly, staying safe, and uh, getting ready for the holidays. So take care. Until next time. We are so glad you joined us today. If you like today's show, I highly encourage you to join the Seaplane Pilots Association and become a member of the largest seaplane community in the world. Members receive Water Flying, the only full-color glossy magazine dedicated to the seaplane community. And it's available in both printed and digital form. Your membership also includes access to the Water Landing Directory app, which has the Seaplane Flight School directory and a calendar of seaplane events not only here in the United States, but around the world. The association hosts regular educational workshops, safety seminars, and gatherings for seaplane pilots and anyone with a passion for seaplanes. So look us up online at seaplanes.org, join our community, and support our mission of protecting and promoting water flying.